Welcome to Epic Fails, Finding Redemption in Our Stories. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this show, you'll hear people from all walks of life sharing powerful stories of transformation. My hope is that as you hear stories of redemption, you'll find redemption in your own. We are kicking off a brand new year, which means more great stories here on the show. Last year, we had really powerful testimonies, people who struggled with addictions, eating disorders, unforgiveness, imprisonment, and more. If you missed any, I would encourage you to catch up as you make your drive to work or cook dinner or do the laundry because each and every story is so powerful and the emotions very relatable. I can't imagine God not moving on your heart. I know he's done that in my own life. Today we have on the show a fellow listener, someone who is like you, listening in and hearing these amazing stories of redemption. And as she listened, she saw God's redemptive working in her own life. Lauren Tanksley was a pastor's wife who found herself in disbelief and brokenness in the aftermath of an affair and divorce. How God moved in her life is absolutely beautiful, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Let's meet her and dive right in. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Brittany. I sure do appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, I was so excited when you reached out and shared your story with me. And I just knew immediately that your story of redemption was one that needed to be shared. And so I'm excited for the listener to hear uh, what God's done in your life. Well, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm just so thankful to be able to share my testimony. Yeah, and it's a it's a great story. So um, we're we're gonna jump on in. Um, how about you start at the beginning? Give us a glimpse into your childhood. Okay. Well, my childhood was just um, wonderful. Um, it was just I had great parents. My parents were both Christians. We were in church every Sunday. Um, they supported me in everything that I ever did. Um, just, just precious, precious people. And I'm, I'm very close to them still, um, had a great childhood. Um, I was very involved in sports growing up. I played on the volleyball team and, um, was very focused at school. I did really well in school. I was actually a straight A student, ended up being a valedictorian. And, um, and so I, I was just really, really thankful to God for that. I stayed out of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot. So that that's a good thing. Um, that is, was, that's hard to do in high school. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I ended up being a, I was kind of a goody goody. So, um, I just never really got into the drinking scene. Um, you know, never did, never did drugs, never did anything. So I stayed out of, out of uh, trouble, just focused on school and, and sports. And so I just had a pretty great childhood. Nothing I can complain about. Yeah. Talk about where you went from there. So I actually ended up going to a school in Nashville that was a Nazarene college. It's called Trebekah Nazarene University. And uh, my parents went there and my grandparents went there. So, of course, I had to just kind of keep that tradition alive. <laughs> and, um, so I went there on a volleyball scholarship and an academic scholarship. Absolutely loved it. And um, it was just a small Christian school. Um, I mm-hmm. worked three jobs while I was there. I, w- I worked in the cafeteria as a lunch lady, which was 
I could, <laughs> if I could go back to have any job, I would probably do that again. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I know it's kind of funny, but I love that job. And um, then I worked in an office and I was a resident assistant. So kept really busy. And that's another thing that just kept me out of trouble in college. I just constantly had stuff going on. So Sure. Yeah. And you met a guy there. What was that relationship like? I did. I actually met my first husband in college and um, he was studying to be a pastor and we were both really young. I think I was like 19 and he was 20. And so, I mean, just the world ahead was just, uh, just everything was so wonderful about it, you know, and so um, bright. The future was so bright. And mm-hmm. um, I think we may have been quite naive. I don't know. I think we were really young and um, uh, we decided to get married. Um, and uh, so it was, I, I sometimes looking back at it now, I feel like I wish I would have taken some more time, um, you know, making that decision. I think there, you know, may have been, a, you know, not too many, but there were a few red flags in there that we just weren't ready um, to take that step. So mm-hmm. um, I don't, you know, I don't think we really entrusted God with our relationship from the very beginning. Hmm. So even though, you know, even though we were studying to go in the ministry um, and I was studying to go into business, um, I just don't think we were fully committed. Hmm. You know what I mean? To um, to the Lord. So. OK. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So was marriage everything you thought it would be when you actually got married and started living um, out the married life? Well, you know, at first it was great. And then you just kind of, when you're young, you don't think about all of the things that marriage entails and what being an adult is. You know, I'd been dependent on my parents. And so, you know, getting married and moving in together was, a, it was kind of a struggle. You know, we, we had some hard lessons to learn about finances and, um, we ended up having two beautiful children. Um, I think I was 24 when I had my first uh, daughter. Um, and she is so precious, such a precious gift, but you just don't realize all the work that goes into uh, raising children and, mm-hmm. and having a job and paying the bills. And, and it can be really, it, it can really be a struggle, I think. Yeah. It can. So, yeah. And, and so he was in the ministry and, um, I was, uh, working as a financial planner and, um, Everything was, you know, pretty good up front, but, you know, with just the stress of, of everything, it just kind of got hard. And, um, my, my, uh, husband at that time, uh, he was, he was going to do a church plant, um, in Arkansas. And I was really supportive of him. And again, you know, you, you, you come up with this idea of how you think it's going to be and how it's going to be wonderful and grand and everybody's going to come to your church and, and, you just have all these ideas of how ministry is supposed to be. And it it's mm-hmm. just, it can be so restful. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, I don't think we were prepared for, um, for everything that it entailed. And, and, you know, I had two very small children um, when we were doing this church plant and um, I had a job and um, I became um, kind of resentful at this time because I didn't have any time off. I mean, it was like a constant 100 hour a week job, hmm. you know, doing, you know, taking care of 
the worship and taking care of the children's ministries and the women's ministries and um, solving problems in the church between church members and then doing my mm. job and then taking care of kids and taking care of the house. And it just got to be just, I was just overloaded. Yeah, and that's why I, I think I kind of imploded in this time. And I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of young people can feel, and I, not necessarily just in ministry, but just in life when they're starting out with small children, they can just feel like they're just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so I think instead of, um, giving that to the Lord, I begin to cope in other ways that may have not, may not have been healthy. Um, and I think my husband at the time and I both, we coped in really unhealthy ways. I mean, I think he, um, dealt with some, um, you know, some stress from everything. And, and so, um, I think we, we handled it, um, handled that stress in, in a not so great way. Um, and I, and I don't think we were seeking the Lord, even though we were in ministry, I think it was, we were just so overwhelmed with everything. We didn't seek the Lord and everything mm-hmm. like we should have. And yeah, like he was lost. So you were doing the actions more so and yes. kind of, yeah, lost that your first love, so to speak. Yes. It was like, it was an obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go to church and I didn't want it to be that way. And, um, you know, looking, looking back now, I, you know, I, I wish I wouldn't have resented it so much. And I resented my, I ended up resenting my husband for being in the ministry basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I hate that. You know, I, I wish I, I didn't, but that's, that's who I was back then. It's not me anymore, but that's who I was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you started experiencing some health issues with your neck. Share with us what happened and, you know, what came from that experience. So, um, it was probably about 2012. I had had, um, I just had my second child, my son. Um, and um, I ended up having issues with my neck, ended up getting a, a herniated disc. And it was probably the most painful thing I've ever experienced. I thought it was more painful than labor. Oh, and, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I've been through it three That's times bad. now. You know? <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. Yikes. And, um, uh, it was just this horrible pain. And so they couldn't get me into surgery for like two months for some reason. I don't know, but they ended up putting me on these really strong opiates, really strong pain medications. And so I just pretty much, I couldn't work, couldn't take care of my kids. My house was falling apart. And, um, it was really stressful on my husband at the time, I think. And I, cause I couldn't do anything. Mm. And I was just, I would just lay in bed all day and I'd just be on pain medicine. And, mm. uh, so I think he began to cope with all that stress in negative ways. And, and so it just wasn't good for our relationship. So, uh, just going through that. And then finally I had neck surgery. Um, and that alleviated the pain quite a bit, but I still, you know, I, I kept taking pain pills for a while. Um, and I think it kind of messed up my judgment a little bit mm. with everything. Um, I, I actually, in this time, um, you know, we weren't ever, you know, drinking alcohol at all until we started getting stressed out in our marriage. And we, you know, we turned to alcohol to cope, you know, we'd have a, you know, a glass of wine at night or, you know, whiskey at night before bed. And then finally, you know, it turned into two or three and 
mixing that with my pain medicine. I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't ideal for mm-hmm. a family with two kids in the ministry. It just wasn't the right thing. You mm-hmm. know, it was just, it was bad. And so, um, I think, uh, with take all this going on and there was a lot of, um, I don't know my my husband at the time we weren't really getting along that that well and um I my judgment was impaired I think um and I just didn't have uh God as my first priority in my life and I actually ended up having um an emotional affair with my physical therapy tech while I was going through physical therapy after my next surgery and uh it turned into an actual affair and mm-hmm. went on for probably about six months. And my husband at the time um, hired a private investigator, found out, and it was just absolutely devastating, mm-hmm. devastating. And um, he pretty much gave me two options. He said, you know, we can stay here and get a divorce or we can move to Georgia and work it out. Of course, I said, well, let's work it out. You know, we need to work it out. We need to stay together for the kids. And, um, so we ended up moving to Georgia. So that's how I ended up in Georgia. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. And when you got there, what was that like? Well, um, we moved in with his family and I don't think that was the best idea. Um, I think we should have gotten intense counseling right away. And, And part of the problem was me. I mean, that it was me. I should have pushed for that. But at the time I just, I don't know. I, I just wasn't making good decisions. I, I think I was pressured under so much guilt and shame to just kind of do whatever he wanted, which, of course, Mm -hmm. he was extremely hurt. I mean, I think back on it now, and I cannot imagine um, the pain and the betrayal he felt Mm -hmm. going through everything that he did um, just kills me inside when I think about what he he went through. And um, but I think. You know, we should have had intense counseling right then and there to work on our marriage, but we didn't. And, um, I ended up, um, it just, it was, there was a lot of conflict. There was a lot of mistrust in there and, um, it just got worse and worse, Hmm. just worse and worse. So, um, he ended up asking, uh, for a divorce. And I was totally in agreement with it. You know, I, I was kind of at this phase where I was worn out from being a wife. I worked so hard and um I guess I just felt so much guilt and shame from the affair that being at home with him, it was just, or, you know, in the house with him, it was just, I just felt judged constantly. So I was, I was like, well, okay, whatever, that's fine, whatever you want. And, um, his sister was an attorney, drew up all the papers. So it was really convenient for him. And I didn't get an attorney, which I look back on that now. And I can't believe I didn't do that. But, um, I pretty much signed everything over, um, to him out of guilt and shame. And I don't think I understood everything that the the paperwork entailed, my divorce decree. I just, I just wanted to get it over with. And I didn't, I didn't think about the consequences. And so my mm. whole life up until this point, I'd done things and not thought about the consequences. So when I signed everything over, that included my children. Mm. Um, and I did not realize what I had done. Um, thought we had joint custody, which that's what the paperwork said, but I didn't have physical custody. 
primary physical custody and had no visitation rights spelled out. And so mm. everything was just, I guess it was, it was verbal. It was supposed to be a verbal agreement, but that, that never worked out. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. um, pretty much, you know, I had all of my stuff thrown out on the, on the porch and I ended up having nowhere to go. I was in Atlanta, no job, no family. I think my parents were pretty upset with me, um, at this time because I'd just signed away their grandkids. Mm. Um, I'd ruined my marriage. And, um, so I, I moved into a, a motel and looked for a job and, um, I was just completely depressed. And this is actually, I remember this is when my addiction really set in. That's hmm. when my one or two glasses of wine at night turned into a full blown addiction. Um, hmm. That night I moved into that motel. Um, I remember going to the liquor store and getting a bottle of whiskey and saying, I'm going to drink this whole fifth tonight. I'm just going to, I just, I cannot, I don't want to feel anything. Mm. And um, I just think about that and it just makes me sick. You know, I just, just that feeling of emptiness and being alone, <clears throat> being alone in that motel and wondering, um, wondering if I was ever going to see my kids again. Mm. And, um, yeah. and I felt like, yeah, I knew I'd messed up and I never felt that I would be worthy of Jesus loving me or God caring about me. Um, I felt like I had fallen way too far at that point. And mm. uh, because I, you know, I'd been a pastor's wife and um, uh, just done all these horrible, horrible things. So I just felt like just trash at this mm. point. And, um, after that, um, I thought I was at the bottom then. <laughs> After that, it took a really hard turn. Mm. Um, yeah, talk about that. So this is, yeah, so I, I, at this point, this is when the addiction started. And it was, mm -hmm. I, I can tell you for the next year, I don't think I was sober for one day. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't think I was. I think it was, um, I just wanted to die. Like I wanted to see what I could do to get my life over with as quick as possible. So I just drank as much as I could. I actually got a really good job at this time. And, um, uh, that was the only thing I was actually good at <laughs> the whole, this through this whole tumultuous time. I, I ended up, um, in the mortgage business for a while and did very, very well. Mm -hmm. And that was the only anchor that I really had was my job. Mm -hmm. but um i you know i i looked for fulfillment you know I, I lost my identity as a mother first of all so i had this huge hole and it was um i didn't try to fill it with jesus like i sh you know like i know now but yeah i didn't i tried to fill it with with alcohol and men in relationships and um earning money and um it just would never be filled up. It was just this downward spiral. Yeah. Um, I ended up, uh, getting into, uh, in a relationship and it was an abusive relationship. And, you know, it started off fine, but there were so many red flags that I should have known that I needed to stay away that I don't know what I was thinking. 
<laughs> but yeah. um ended up ended up getting married again um and you know during this tumultuous relationship i ended up um cutting myself a lot that's when cutting began because i was in so much pain mm. um i wanted to end my life um had a suicide attempt and ended up going to a mental hospital and so i i'd say that that was probably my lowest point mm. yeah. and um it was uh, it was at that time i was like huh, i might need help i might have an addiction and um so I just pretty much lost all hope. And so my uh, second husband, the abusive one, I mean, it just, it, we were actually married. I don't even want to say <laughs> he was my husband because we were married for a week. And uh, he ended up being very abusive and, and emotionally and, and physically. And I was just a drunk all the time. We were a great pair. And um, he ended up getting arrested. And um, at that point, I, I just had lost it. Like that mm-hmm. was, I think I remember laying in that bed after he was, he'd been arrested. Um, and I just, that was my lowest point. I think. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, it all right then. Take us, maybe take us back to that, to that moment of what you were really experiencing emotionally, um, maybe spiritually, just what was going on in you, in your head at that time. I was in the darkest place ever. Like I, I felt like God was so far from me. I did not feel like I was redeemable at all. Mm. Um, I felt like a horrible person, much less a horrible mother. I feel like I couldn't, you know, I felt like before I had my first divorce that, you know, I'd, Pretty much, you know, that's all I really was really good at was being a mom. And then I, I'd already lost that. I'd screwed mm-hmm. that up. And then um, I'd shown up drunk for work way too many times. So I figured I'd just about lost my job. And uh, I just felt, I, I just felt like a failure at completely mm-hmm. everything in my life. And um, I just, I really felt like there was no purpose for me or no hope. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. It was just a pit. It was definitely a pit. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. typically where we all land before, before <laughs> it gets, gets yeah. better, unfortunately. But, um, what happened next for you when you, after you hit so, that, that rock bottom? You know, when you, when you get, when you hit the bottom, they say the only place you have to look is up. <laughs> so I figured the only place I have to look is up. I had lost all my pride. So I, did what everybody does when they, you know, they call their parents. If they have their parents, I called my parents immediately. And I said, you have got to come get me. I can't do this anymore. Um, mm. And they took me back to Arkansas. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. Um, up until this point, I'd had, you know, scattered um, visits with my kids. Um, whenever my their dad would let me, you know, see them. And... um but leaving Georgia to go back to Arkansas was the hardest decision ever mm. to leave them and be eight yeah. hours away. Um, but it was the best thing I ever did. Mm. And crazy uh, how that works, right? I know. How the I know. hardest was, thing can be the best thing. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So ended up getting another divorce. I've been married for a week. Ended up getting another divorce and um, went back to Arkansas and actually worked, hired an attorney and um, worked with that attorney to try to get visitation rights with my children, which was really hard out of the mess I'd made from my alcoholism and everything I'd done. And, um, Mm. but I ended up getting visitation with them every other weekend. So I would, um, I would drive from Arkansas to Georgia every other weekend to go see Mm. uh, my two children, stay in a hotel. And, uh, thankfully God provided the ways for me to do that. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, when I, when I first had, you know, got visitation with them, I was thinking, how in the world am I going to afford to do this? How am I going to find a job that's going to give me the flexibility to do this? And it was like God just provided. I I just trusted him day by day. And I was able to um, get sober and start my own business to where I did have the flexibility to um, to go over to Atlanta and see them. And I did that mm-hmm. for two years. That's so, great. Yeah, it was those visits. I mean, I think back on them now and they're just, I just cherish them so mm-hmm. much, you know, just being yeah. with them. And, and I was so worried with the distance that my kids would just think, man, where's my mom? My mom mm-hmm. abandoned me. And, and that's not the case. So, um, those visits were precious. And I am so thankful to my mom and dad because my mom and dad would make those trips with me as often as possible. They'd, help pay for hotel rooms and, um, and gas. And, and it was just, I'm so thankful to my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I praise the Lord for them every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Definitely been a process. Um, Yeah. Um, talk about the healing process, you know, emotionally, spiritually from that point as well. Okay. So from that point, it was, I mean, it was just like a growing experience. And then, you know, I started going to um, celebrate recovery meetings. I don't know. um, A lot of churches have a recovery, a 12 step recovery program. It's like AA and I'd been to AA several times. And so I went in to celebrate recovery and and became very active in that. And um, so I was able to overcome the alcoholism. there's another uh, ministry in Arkansas that I went to called Breaking Bonds. Great ministry over there. And, um, and so I was able to uh, find other people that had addiction issues like myself. And, and so we, I just worked through that problem. And then once I got, you know, got sober, I was able to see what all the underlying issues were that were going on because, you know, the alcoholism is just a symptom. It's just numbing yeah. something that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was able to find out what was wrong. You know, I was, I was seeking unhealthy relationships. Um, I was very prideful. I was dealing with greed. Um, there was just so many things that I was, I was dealing with that, that Jesus just, when I would, I would just give them to him. Hmm. Um, and it just took just a day at a time, just giving those things to him, giving up my control. Um, yeah. and so it was just, it was a daily thing. Um, it was mm-hmm. getting into the word. It was praying to him. Um, and finally I came to this point where, you know, I'm a very stubborn person. 
<laughs> I think a lot of us probably are, but I am extra, extra stubborn. <laughs> and, um, and so it took me a while in those two years that I was in Arkansas, but I think towards the end of the first year or year and a half, I finally said, you know what, God, I give it all to you. Mm-hmm. It is all yours. You can do whatever you want, whether I'd never have my, have my kids, have custody of my kids, whether I ever find a good man and get married, whether I ever make a lot of money or not, I don't care. Whatever it takes, whether mm. I, I get to move back to Georgia or have a house or anything, it is all yours. And mm. I'm just going to sit back and let you work it out. And yeah. that was the best thing I've ever done. Mm. Well, <laughs> you had talked about earlier how you had thought that you were perhaps unredeemable at one point. How yes. did that How did that begin to shift at this point? Did you still believe that about yourself? I didn't believe that anymore. Um, It took a long time. And I think going to celebrate recovery and breaking bonds and, and just being with other people that had been through similar situations and seeing how great they were and how much, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to forgive other people and, and, and understand, you know, their mistakes. But when it's yourself, I think we're always hardest on ourselves. I know I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think being around other people and doing ministry with other people um, and just being genuine and real, um, I've realized, you know what? Yes, I am redeemable. I am loved. I am a child of the king. I'm his daughter. And mm-hmm. I am special to him. And he loves me. And he's never been far away from me like back in that pit. You know, back when I was in my pit, I thought he was so far away, but he was right there. He was just waiting for me to call on him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, finally I got to that point where I knew that I am redeemable. I am loved. Mm. And I just had to give it all to him and just believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you talked about how it was a daily commitment for you. Because I think what a lot of people experience feel is that um, they want an instant fix or they want it to all just completely be different in a moment. And really it's a daily commitment. Okay. Every morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to choose this and it could be weeks. It could be months. It could be years, but it truly is a day by day walk. And I think that you, you talk about that so well. And I think there's someone out there who needs to hear that right now. You know, I think about living a day at a time. I think that means you have that 24 hours. I don't know. Sometimes I say I live minute by minute because <laughs> I can't think about a couple hours ahead. But yeah, if we live in the, if we live in the past and we think about all the bad things we've done, we can't enjoy right now. Mm. Enjoy what, what the Holy Spirit's presenting to us at that moment. Mm-hmm. If we are worried about the future, we're not enjoying right now. So that's that's one of the lessons I've learned in through all of this that I can't worry about the past and the future. I have to worry about today. Mm. So hopefully that can help somebody that's going through something like this. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. Um, tell us what your life like is today. Okay, so um, <laughs> um, I actually after pretty soon after I just completely gave it all to the Lord. I ended up um, going to 
um, a service that, you know, I was talking about breaking bonds. It's kind of a, it's a, like a recovery program and we have church services on, on Tuesday nights and ended up going to a chili supper and sat down next to this really handsome guy. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> it's how Lord, it always starts. Not an, I, I can't, I know. I it was like, I've given up, you know, thinking about being in a relationship. I just don't want to be in a relationship, whatever. This guy was just, uh, he was just so full of the Holy Spirit. Plus, he was the best looking guy I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, but he is, and he was so funny and, and smart and, and just, just kind hearted. I could just, I could just tell he was just a wonderful person. So I, I, you know, I sat back and I, I prayed about it. Um, we ended up just going to church together a lot. We ended up going to a lot of Bible studies and, uh, ended up falling in love. And so I was in Arkansas at this point. And what was great about him is he had a very similar background to I me. Mean, he's an alcoholic. And, and so we were able to relate on a lot of levels. And, uh, maybe he should do a podcast for you too, because that's a great <sighs> testimony. That'd be great. But, Let's um, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he was just wonderful. And I told him, I knew, he knew the situation with, my kids and I was always so worried nobody would ever want to date me because of my situation. They think I was a terrible mom because I didn't have custody or, um, that, you know, I was just, my situation would had, I had too much baggage. I was so worried somebody would think I had too much baggage, but he mm. completely accepted me for who I was. And, um, he said, we will do whatever it takes, um, and, and pray about it to see if we can, you know, go back to Georgia so we can be near your kids. And he accepted my two children just like his own. I mean, just, mm-hmm. and they absolutely adored him. Um, and, uh, and so he ended up asking me to marry him. Aww. And we, we got married earlier this year. So, um, we ended up moving to Georgia the day after we got married. <laughs> so God really opened up some amazing doors. Like it, there is no, way I did this on my own. It is mm. all Jesus. It is, mm. God did everything. He orchestrated everything. And, um, it, it's just been a miracle, one miracle after another. And, um, I was able to get a job here in Atlanta for a really awesome financial planning firm. Um, we handle a lot of divorce cases. So I'm able to encourage a lot of people who are going through those hard times mm-hmm. just in my job mm-hmm. every day. So, awesome. um, so anyway, we got, we got married and I've been able to see my, my two children more and more. Our relationship is stronger than ever. Um, and I actually had a baby seven weeks ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she Aww. is the light of my life. So, um, just so many great miracles this year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's 2018, but I, 2017 was just a year of miracles. Um, mm. and just, God just blessed us so much. So I'm really looking forward to what 2018 holds. Yeah. As far as, you know, what I'm doing uh, to pass on what's, you know, my testimony, I actually started a support group for non-custodial moms here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which has been just awesome. Um, yeah. And it just keeps me um, encouraged. You know, I think a lot of times for a mom who doesn't have custody of her kids, doesn't have primary custody, it's just almost a shameful thing. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to get um 
a group of, of women together and, and we're growing in numbers constantly. And, oh. and so just, just being able to encourage them and they encourage me constantly. And, and so that's been just a huge blessing in my life. Um, mm. And I then also that. we've been able to start um, a celebrate recovery at our the church that we joined this year. So here in uh, the Sandy Springs area. And so that has been a huge blessing too. So God has just yeah. done so many things in our lives. I mean, I just, I could just go on and on, but I don't want to keep you here all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask, do you have a resource um, online for maybe moms in the Atlanta air who would want to join the group? I do. I do. So we do have a Facebook page. We don't have a website yet, but we have a Facebook page and it's called Non-Custodial Moms of Atlanta. And we have a meeting every other Saturday. Okay. So, um, they can get on there and see our schedule and, and message me. <laughs> That's great. And I'll put that link up on the, on my website with your podcast in case anybody wants to go, go go through that. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, um, I just love hearing how God is using you. And I think that's an encouragement for people going through something really hard. It's that um, God wants to redeem you. And he also wants to use you to help other people. And I think your story is a perfect, perfect example of that. He really um, has. And you know, I, I, I think back like, in my relationship, I didn't even really talk about this, but my relationship with my children's father um, has just really improved. Like, um, I think he's really starting to trust me again as a person and as a mom. And um, I think he's really seeing the fruit um, that that the Lord is just really evident in my life. And and so, you know, and I get to, you know, I have my children. We have a great relationship. So, I mean, it's just everything gets better every day. Mm. Um, I've just given it to the Lord's hands and, and it just, it gets, it gets better. It really yeah, does. That's so good. Um, well, Lauren, if you could share anything with the audience, what would it be? I think the most important lesson that I could, I could give to anybody listening is to not give up. Um, when you are in that dark pit, when you feel like, you can't go on anymore and you feel like God is so far away from you and that you are unredeemable. That's the enemy talking. Mm, Don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Don't believe that. Don't give up and just, just ask Jesus for help. Whether it's just saying, just Jesus, just Jesus, help me get me out of this. Mm -hmm. I promise you, if you will just trust him just a little bit, size of a mustard seed remember i promise you he will come through mm-hmm. don't give up don't end your life um i almost did <laughs> and i would not have had i had i done that i would not have the blessings that i have mm-hmm. today i cannot imagine mm-hmm. this world without my new baby girl mm-hmm. and I, you know before i got on the phone with you i was just looking at her and i had her in my arms and i told her i said i'm so thankful for you and i'm so glad that i didn't um, do anything stupid back then to um, mess up you coming into the world. <laughs> so yeah. it was just, you know, I look back at everything, everything bad that's, that I've done or, or that's happened to me. It is all so worth it now to know that mm-hmm. I have a sweet family, 
but most of all that I have a relationship with Jesus. I would not mm-hmm. have the relationship with the Lord that I have now if I'd not gone through all that. I wouldn't have appreciated what I do now or, or my relationship with my, my children had I had I not gone through this. Mm-hmm. So just don't give up. Whatever you yeah. do, just trust in the Lord. He'll make your path straight. That is so good. Amen. <laughs> you had me like tearing up over here. <laughs> I got to go get some Kleenex. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining the show today. So much for having me. I really appreciate it, Brittany. Today, you got a peek into the story of a person who went through a difficult situation. One some might relate to. And if you do... Uh, But even if you don't know what that situation is like, but you can relate to some of the feelings Lauren experienced, be encouraged to know that your story doesn't end with a difficult situation. It's a scene in your story, but it's not the end of your story. Thank you for joining me today. If this podcast is something that is ministering to you or you think others might find interesting, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people who might need to hear this story of redemption. Tune in again in two weeks for another powerful story of redemption. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyrest.com. I'll see you next time.